Because if you're unhappy at your work, even if you're like so pumped and so happy about your weekends and your evenings, like you're still unhappy like more than half the time. So I don't know, for, like for me, that's not a good bargain. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. On this episode, we have Tim the Saint, a men's fashion YouTuber. We talk about making money as a creator on YouTube, creating authentic content, and dealing with the overwhelming pressure of always being up to par. Enjoy the episode. Sweet. Um, hey everybody, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode, we've got Tim, and he can just have at it, introduce yourself, who you are, and what you do. Hey Juan, thank you for having me. <laughs> Um, my name is uh, Tim DeSaint. I'm a fashion YouTuber. i um, been doing it for about a year and a half now. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been going pretty well for me. Make fashion videos on YouTube, men's fashion mostly. That's so cool. Just to kind of get started, how did you get into being a fashion YouTuber? Yeah, so first of all, I'm not from London. I live here, but I'm actually French, French-Japanese. So I moved here like about seven months ago in July of last year. So yeah, how did I get into YouTube? So I've always been into fashion for, for a very long time. Got into it around my teenage years, kind of as a way to uh, express myself creatively. Uh, I've always found a liking to, uh, to fashion, just kind of shopping around, building my own outfits. And yeah, it's always been a, a, a passion of mine. And I got into YouTube about a year and a half ago a little bit before that I got into Instagram first so that was like two and a half years ago Mm -hmm. um, because I had my first corporate gig at that time and I wasn't too happy with it it was kind of my first first real job and um, in the first two weeks I realized that it wasn't really meant for me so I was kind of looking for other things to do and kind of like what I could do with my life that's how I stumbled into content and I kind of got into Instagram pretty late actually I first started posting on there late 2017 Mm. which uh, in social media world is is pretty pretty late and uh, yeah uh, got into it that way started started posting content um, challenged myself to post one picture every day for a year and kind of see what happens so I kind of built a small following on there a couple thousand people uh, over the course of a year and then I naturally progressed towards YouTube and um, that's when things really clicked for me my first video that I ever made, which was actually also my first video I ever made in my life, not just on YouTube. And it got, it went viral. Uh, I got about 2.2 million views. So things happened pretty quickly for me and kind of thought, okay, I think, I think I have a knack for this. So let me keep going. Let me keep making videos. And I've been making videos since then. That's amazing. Just to kind of speak up a little bit more on that, the idea of your very first video you've ever made um, you know, going into a viral hit. What was that process like? Because I remember you mentioning that, you know, this was something that you've never really done a lot of like video making and figured it all out yourself, really, like the process of, you know, being a self-taught content creator. Yeah, I mean, I had never made a, a video in anything before, whether it was iMovie or anything. Like, I didn't know how to put two clips together. Um, I, w- I don't think I was particularly talented at video, more so, I think I've just, I'm a good learner. Um, if there's one thing I think I'm naturally good at, it's its being able to learn anything. So whenever I get into any subject, anything I'm, I, I want to, I'm interested by, uh, I, I tend to have a pretty obsessive personality. So I get into like 150% and just give it my all and really try to be the best I can be at that topic. Mm-hmm. So yeah when i got into youtube i guess i actually so the process for me was i i pulled out a word document 
and uh, started writing everything that I thought in the current fashion scene on YouTube could be improved on, in my subjective opinion. And then I wrote down a whole page describing from A to Z what the ideal video would look like for me if I knew everything about video editing. So everything from the music to the duration, how the video would flow, uh, how much talking was involved, what you like, kind of what you would see on there. Uh, I didn't know any of the technical terms, like I didn't know B-roll, A-roll, all of that. I kind of learned as I went, but I kind of just described in my own words what a perfect video would look like for me as a viewer, what I would want to see. And then I just gave my, I challenged myself to post my first video to get as close as possible to that in two weeks, not knowing how to do anything. And uh, yeah, I just dove deep into into YouTube tutorials and just tried to learn what I could and tried to get as close as possible to that to that vision. And that's still what I'm trying to do each day, just trying to try to make each video better than the previous one. And it's kind of my mindset. Absolutely. I love that. And is I guess just is that the kind of process that you still bring with each of your videos moving forward? is to have that sort of idea of like a document essentially like a problem or maybe even just how you want to see a concept or a topic about fashion as a viewer so now i don't do what i did for my first video which was literally just describe the video and the feel of it um maybe it would be a good exercise to to do um once in a while but now i i just script each video um one thing I do think I probably do differently than most is scripting. I feel like just having talked to other friends who, who also make YouTube videos and that sort of stuff, I feel like most people go either off the cuff or they just do bullet point scripts. I'm not that good freestyling. Like I'm all right conversationally if I'm on a podcast or something, mm -hmm. but if I'm talking alone to a camera, I tend to not be the best at just rambling and freestyling. and coming up with 10 minutes of, of sharp content. So for myself, I tend to script everything from A to Z, literally every sentence. And also due to my style of video as well, which is a little more cinematic, I'm not just turning on the camera, pressing record and talking for 12 minutes and then stopping there. There's a lot of B-roll involved. I'm maybe doing like the intro and then I'm filming some B-roll for some outfits. And then maybe there's one part that's outside and another part that's in studio. So. Uh, since there's so many moving parts in, in a single video for me, I have to script it as if it was like a short film or something. Absolutely. It, it definitely feels almost like you know, it's, it's some sort of a short film about some form of uh, outfit, right? Like it's, it's, there's something about us, but a lot more compelling in my opinion. And but, I, I love, I love the videos, like for sure. And, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and you can tell like it's, you know, like those components that really go into making a video where it's a lot more polished uh, when you're running off the cuff. If that's not something that you're super comfortable with, you tend to just completely lose track and being those having those concise points. Because whenever I've been watch, like I've been watching your stuff, it's like, oh, like, that makes a lot of sense. That was super clean. And like, I totally get that. And it was it felt super seamless. <laughs> yeah and, and that's always been like the vibe that i wanted for my videos because when i when i got into making fashion videos at that point i wasn't really watching that much other fashion videos on youtube mm -hmm. i was mostly watching filmmakers um entertainment basically vloggers like casey neistat peter mckinnon that sort of stuff so i was naturally indirectly more inspired um by that type of content which probably translated into a more cinematic style, which I assume has been 
a good contributing factor to to my rapid growth. Mm-hmm, absolutely, it's nice to see uh, that level of thought, like on top of the idea and like the skill you have when it comes to fashion. I think it's it's that blend I would say that makes it super unique. When it comes to making YouTube videos, how do you plan your day? Uh, do you get weekends? Is it sort of like actually a full time job where you know you're working? Yeah, like what's that like? Um, so I'm pretty bad at that right now. I definitely need to do a better job. So. Um, I'm probably not the best example for this, so <laughs> don't do what I'm doing, but I'm pretty much just making a video and whenever it finishes, make the next one uh, without any proper like schedule as in Monday, I'm doing this, Tuesday, I'm doing this. I'm just waking up and working until until it, the video is finished pretty much. <laughs> I try to post once a week on Wednesdays and even that sometimes I don't manage to, especially lately I've been, I've been traveling for some stuff and I, I didn't manage to get the video out this week and hate myself for it. Like every, every time I, ma- I don't manage to post a video, mm-hmm. but I try to be a little kinder on myself um, these days. And uh, yeah, if I, if I don't manage to hit a deadline, I'll just push it to the next one. And uh, what I found to be helpful in that regard, or at least something I found to uh, be better for my mental health and just my, my workflow kind of, is that since I don't do that many sponsored videos, if I don't post on a Wednesday, I can just post that video the next week. Because if you have like a calendar and you have three or four sponsored videos that you need to include in that month, like you can't, you can't skip a week because mm-hmm. you, you have some deadlines to hit and you have people relying on you and brands waiting on, on that video. But since I, yeah, like the frequency of sponsored videos for me is, is quite low. I can allow myself to, if I need an extra week or something to give myself that. So, but yeah, that's pretty much my workflow, just <laughs> going nonstop. <laughs> and I, I don't really give myself weekends, although I think I probably should. Right now I'm in a, in a very hustle phase where I'm just grinding it out. Right, yeah, yeah. I was wondering like if that was like a choice, you know, you just choose to work on Saturday, Sunday kind of thing, or whether it's a, like a hustle kind of mentality where you kind of keep going anyways, even though I I mean, it's, it's always a choice, right? You choose what you want to do with, with your free time. And then I'm fortunate enough, like to be able to do this as a job. So I'm trying to not waste this opportunity. And since I kind of have this upward momentum, I'm trying to, trying to ride the wave and yeah, get, get as much out of it as I can and just try to make it happen. I love it. That's so awesome. Um, when it comes to, I guess, sponsored content, you said that you um, aren't really often doing a lot of sponsored videos. Is that something that, I, I mean, I'm more just curious, like what was the choice behind that? Like, what was the decision behind making that? So all the all the decisions for my content have always been with, a, with an overarching mindset of what would I want to see as a viewer, whether it's just the normal content or the sponsored content. I always think, um, as I described for, for the process of creating my first video, I always think, what would I want to see as a viewer? Because if I make something that I personally would want to see, I'm going to assume that there's at least a couple of other people in the world <laughs> watching YouTube that are going to want to see the same thing that have a similar um, liking uh, as me. Yeah, it's always been that way for me. So if I'm making sponsored content for me, like I, I as a viewer don't want, don't like channels that are full of sponsored videos because it feels like a sellout. It feels like every video you're trying to sell me something. And yeah, I don't enjoy that. So why would I do that as a creator for my viewers, right? I'm not trying to maximize short-term profit. Uh, I don't want to get out of the game in two years. Like for me, I very much enjoy creating content and I love the fashion industry. And I don't really see myself 
ever stopping this maybe you know so like this is a forever game for me so anything that that screams like short-term thinking for me is just stupid so i i try to stick as much as possible to very long-term thinking and trying to do things for yeah for for, for the very long term and are people still going to be around in 15 20 years uh, mm. if i'm if i'm selling out today so i i try to keep i have to put food on the table so i still have to do sponsored content because today it's pretty much the only way you can live as a creator unless you're making millions and millions of views each month consistently mm -hmm. um which is only like zero point i don't know what the percentage is but basically like the top 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 creators would that have like 10 plus million subscribers like they can probably live off of views but they don't because like they get so paid so much and just one sponsorship deal that it's not worth it for them but yeah so so since it's the only proper form of monetization today like i still do sponsorships but i just keep my frequency low which is about one a month if i can on average right um some months there's going to be zero sponsors some if if i don't like any of the brands reaching out some months there might be two if i really love the brands reaching out and they have a certain deadline that they want to hit for example now like i haven't done a sponsored video since december because i just didn't like the brands that were reaching out. So maybe I just live more humbly for a couple of months. So yeah, just gotta gotta make smart decisions. And I try to keep a very, very high standard and really only genuinely work with brands that I actually like personally buy from and personally love anyways, then I, I would talk about them uh, regardless of whether the video was sponsored or not. That's really cool. I think that's a very nice way of doing things. And it it, it seems to resonate a lot with your audience too, um, like reading through the comments, um, especially with the idea of, you know, what is the content that I as a viewer would like to see in terms of fashion? You get people that say, you know, like, this is really nice that, you know, I can wear these things or I can, you know, these these are accessible to me and very easily understood, but also, you know, they seem to get that, you know, like if you're doing a sponsored video, then it, it makes sense, it's fair, and you, it doesn't feel like you're selling out kind of thing. That's... That's nice. Yeah, and I, I think like as a as a creator, um, if you as if you make stuff for yourself that you want to see, and I think that that can actually apply to areas outside of content creation, like building businesses as well. Like if you make things that you yourself want to see, there's a very high likelihood that in a world of eight billion people, there's going to be a you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find people that enjoy the same things as you and that are going to like what you produce. So I think. As long as you think, am I am I enjoying this? Like, am I enjoying what I'm creating? And would I objectively watch it? I think you're you're on the right path. That's awesome. I love that. When it comes to fashion, what's a common trick that most people can do to bring about a huge noticeable change? Um, so I would say that depends on um, who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone who's very advanced in in their fashion slash style journey or someone who's just beginning i'm going to assume i'm talking to people who are just kind of getting into fashion and want to just dress mm -hmm. a bit better and who don't really know that much about about fashion um the first thing that you're going to hear is fit and and for good reason if you can just improve the fit of your clothes that's going to change tenfold it's going to upgrade your look by a mile like if you look at people like the average guy um, walking downtown, like most people don't have clothes that fit them well. And when I say fit, when you take it to a basic level, most people, when they get into fashion, they almost overemphasize fit as in, oh, this needs to fit like 
the shirt sleeves need to be exactly this length. You need to have a quarter inch cuff showing past the blazer. Um, the, the jeans need to break this way on the shoe. And all of that is great. And like most people have to go through that to kind of understand the basics and understand the rules. Mm-hmm. But then as you go deeper into your understanding of fashion and how clothing work, um, you can actually experiment a lot more and you can go with more relaxed clothing or tighter stuff. Like there's a lot you can do in fashion. There's a lot you can experiment with, especially today when everything is becoming more casual and just the spectrum of possibilities of different styles has become a lot wider than before. So I would start with fit, but I would keep an open mind. Mm-hmm, for sure. And that's definitely something that I started out with as well as I guess that makes sense. You know, a lot of people will, as you said, say fit first and then start to kind of learn more about these things. It's It changes everything. I, I felt like I felt it, you know, I started to look much better when I had clothes that did fit and is a lot more noticeable in that way. When it comes to, so you mentioned like the change in terms of, I guess, fashion, like, you know, things are becoming more relaxed, like streetwear. I'm still trying to figure this out myself, like the definition of streetwear and like what sort of uh, trends are coming about. How does that affect your, I guess, the content that you're putting out? Is there something that leans towards these sort of trending things or? Since I'm always putting out content for myself, I'm always going to put out what I'm actually wearing. Like for me, for example, like in my, in terms of my style, I'm constantly evolving and constantly changing and and learning more myself right about fashion so my style is also constantly evolving so my videos will constantly evolve right now i would say i if you take traditional classic menswear on one end of the spectrum and streetwear on the other end Mm -hmm. i would say i fall somewhere in the middle which is great because i've actually managed to attract people from many different tribes like on some of my like if i make an outfit video you'll you'll see some of the comment comments that are like you can you can tell that they're very traditional classic menswear and they're like oh this is way too out there for me i would never wear this this is crazy and then you'll get other people who tend to be like more of the streetwear fashion forward crowd and they're like oh this is boring as hell you know what i mean so so that's probably like the more negative comments Mm -hmm. but on the more positive side like i've attracted people from all kinds of different crowds that now are, are are allowing themselves to experiment more with with their style so yeah i'm always going to wear what what i'm what i'm currently wearing and show the outfits and the pieces that i like so if that starts to lean more streetwear over time then i'll show more of that uh it, if it leans more traditional i'll show more of that but i'm always going to stick to my truth and yeah <laughs> i love that and that's really where <laughs> why you're able to keep going with this right is because you have that and that's always something that you'll keep every time you make a video what's the dream project for you um you know obviously going viral on your youtube video and continuously building this channel and continuously creating content about fashion that you love and you're actually wearing what's what's the project for you that you know you want to go towards so the dream for me has always been to have my own clothing line that's something i'm definitely going to do in my life at some point it may not be right now because I don't think I'm ready for it, but it's definitely uh, a project that I'm going to take on and I want to make a successful clothing brand and design my own stuff. So that's definitely uh, a goal that I plan to to, to achieve. Mm-hmm. It's it's just going to come. It'll have to be at the right time. For sure. Are there inspirations that uh, you draw from when you think about that sort of uh, fashion line? 
Of course. I mean, that that's, I mean, uh, I, I'm working on it as we speak, right? Hey. Like I'm always <laughs> noting down ideas and yeah, like I said, like it may not be right now, but mm-hmm. hopefully in the next couple of years, right? Like it's something I do plan on doing in the, in the medium term, I would say. I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much about it because um, mm-hmm. it's still in the process, but like, I don't want to make anything that already exists from my content if I if I just made a white t-shirt brand tomorrow or a turtleneck brand, it would do amazing because people know me for that. Like I went viral through a white t-shirt video. I wear turtlenecks all the time. Like if I just made those two pieces, like it would be a successful clothing brand. But I, I have no interest in doing that because I already like I already have white t-shirts that are perfectly fine that work well for me and. I don't know what I could improve on that. So why would I make another white t-shirt or another turtleneck if there's already good products out there? So whatever I make, I want to make stuff that's new, that's unique and innovative and in a way that hasn't been done before. As a YouTube content creator, as a fashion blogger, what makes you unique? I think what makes me unique is that I got in it not being um, biased or inspired by the current fashion content out there because I wasn't watching that much of it because I got in it watching other stuff. So like I was more inspired by niches outside of fashion. So just that I think was one of the most contributing factors to my growth because I went into it getting inspiration from people like Peter McKinnon and Mango Street and being like, okay, I love their filmmaking style. How can I learn some of that and implement that in fashion? Mm -hmm. So obviously the videos look different and even just the ways, the way I did things, it wasn't like strategic planning as in this is going to work with the algorithm, but it was more thinking, okay, so people are doing this. How can I do something different? How can I do the opposite? Um, so people, if people were, would be posting like three or four times a week on, on YouTube, I would be, I, I would say, okay, what happens if I post one a week and just focus on a better video and like more quality or quantity? Um, if people are making like thumbnails that are, uh, text heavy and like more youtube kind of thumbnails with a lot of text and kind of not clickbait but that kind of appeal to your lizard brain and kind of makes you want to click right i kind of went into it thinking okay so what happens if i just put zero text and just take a beautiful picture and make that the thumbnail so yeah i just kind of always did things the opposite that people were doing it Mm -hmm. um and yeah I'm, i'm fortunate that that turned out well for me oh absolutely like your thumbnails are actually so sick and I definitely can also see that sort of influence, you know, not making your titles clickbait, but also obvious that, you know, these are, this is what I'm going to get out of this video. And yeah, I mean, what, like what I want people, what I want the viewer experience to be is like to see a thumbnail that's like a little bit basic and they're like, okay, what is this? It's intriguing. Like the title says exactly what the video is going to be about, but it's not overly clickbaity. Uh, it just tells you what the video is. Mm-hmm. And once people click on it, like I may not get, the highest click-through rate. I actually don't even know what my numbers are, but like, I want people to click, and then as they go through it, they're like, "Oh wait, this is this is a great video." Like, let me watch some other videos of that channel, and then they'll find other videos that are on the same topic, fashion. And if they like the first video, chances are they're gonna like the rest, and they'll want to subscribe. I think of my channel more as almost like a Netflix show. Like, I don't want it to be a channel where you come for, for a piece of information and answer to a question and you get it and then you subscribe, but you're not going to watch every video. You may only watch the ones where the topic is particularly appealing to you. I want people to watch every single video. I want people to expect a certain standard of quality, information and entertainment, knowing that every week it's going to come back 
and they can click on it regardless of the topic and they're going to have a good 10-15 minutes of their life and they'll be entertained by it if they enjoy fashion. That's so good. And I can definitely, this is, I think this makes so much sense when you mentioned, like, obviously I got the Peter McKinnon vibe, but like when you mentioned Mango Street, it's like, oh, there it is, you know, like I got that too. And <laughs> Do you watch those channels as well? Oh, absolutely. Those are, those are the channels that got me started into making films, making videos. Nice. Yeah. They, they make some good content. I really like, um, even Mango Street's photography, it's, it's pretty, um, uh, mm-hmm. it's got that unique twist to it. Absolutely. And I mean, I can see it in some of your photos too, so. Feed. I'm not too happy with my feed actually. I kind of, kind of want to make it better. <laughs> working, to, <laughs> working towards a little bit more of an artsy style right now. Uh, working my way up to it in the next couple of months probably. But That's I've been a, a little bit bored with my current feed of like just full body pics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of like Instagram was always like. I, I started posting more full body pics just because I saw like, oh, that's what's getting the most likes. So people must want that. Right. But I'm at a point now where it's not like I'm growing on Instagram anyways, like just through Instagram. Like it's all people coming from the YouTube channel. So it doesn't even matter that much what I post. So I'm just going into it like, okay, let me really post what truly makes me like fulfills me creatively right now. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And I think that's a mindset that should always i think you know something that you kind of keep in mind in the whenever you're creating content for whatever platform you're doing is you know definitely there's a growth aspect to it but also um are you doing it like does it feel good when you post it or like is this is this part of what you believe in yeah i mean you have to right because and it's easy like it sounds obvious when you get into it like but it's it's actually easy to get lost in the numbers uh and just trying to grow YouTube, like since I started YouTube is the first year I've felt anxiety in my life, like because of the overwhelming pressure to, to always like be up, up to par. Um, and it's, it's actually easier than I thought to get lost in the numbers, but now I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, trying to do a very conscious effort of really producing things that fulfill me creatively mm-hmm. and not doing things just because I think, oh, this is going to get more likes or oh, this is going to get more views. I think um, <laughs> the fact that you're continuously posting videos um, and like and like not to look at the numbers, but, you know, there are some videos that do a different do uh, do well, some others that don't do as well and video that got two point three million views. Right. Um, but the consistency and always that idea of what is it that you want to see uh it's always there and that i think is really cool yeah and I, ironically i've actually found that the videos that tend to perform best are the videos that i truly made something that i wanted to make and something that i thought was different whereas when i actually listen to the comments too much and make something that people want me to make i've realized that it actually performs worse and my theory behind that is that if you're getting, let's say you're getting 80,000 views on a video and you have 800 comments and out of 800 comments, you get 50 that tell you to make one particular topic. Those are 50 people out of 80,000. So it might seem like much in the comment section, mm-hmm. but that's still only 50 people. Most of the people who watch YouTube don't comment anything. They're just passive viewers. I don't ever comment on YouTube channels. So most people don't comment. So if you're only catering to the people that are commenting, you're actually forgetting the majority of your viewers. And the reason why, like if you have a successful YouTube channel, the reason why you got there in the first place for most people is because you initially made what you wanted to make and then people vibe with that, so they kept watching. So why do you like now start to cater to like what people are at? Because it's like, you know, the, the Ford quote, like if I listened to what people wanted, like I would have 
made a faster horse like it's the same kind of thing i think with content Mm -hmm. oh absolutely just lead into what you know worked for you right from the get i guess yeah yeah and, and lean into your intuition what should someone keep in mind if they decide to do youtube full-time or what is something that maybe they should keep in mind if they want to go to youtube full-time well first like don't go into it full-time without making a full-time income (laughs) i don't think you go into youtube full-time you go into youtube and then if it's successful you go into it Mm full-time um so i think the first thing is just being aware of the workload being aware of just how uh how much work is involved in running a youtube channel and that you have to enjoy that work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, it's always been about finding something that makes me happy on the day to day, right? Um, because if you look at your life, third of the time you're sleeping, rest of the time you're either working or like, and then you just have the weekends and, and the evenings. And that's if you have a job that doesn't require to like work long hours and stuff, if you just have a regular nine to five. So even if you just have a regular nine to five, like that's still, you're, you're working most of your life, right? So you better find something that fulfills you and that makes you happy like at your work. Because if you're unhappy at your work, even if you're like so pumped and so happy about your weekends and your evenings, like you're still unhappy like more than half the time. So I don't know, for me, like for me, that's not a good bargain. Um, like for me, I want to be happy all the time. Um, and maybe it's selfish, maybe it's too much to ask, but I only have one life to live and I want to I want to enjoy it to the maximum, right? And I want to enjoy my work and be fulfilled by it. So it's always been about finding something that fulfills me with the daily tasks, more so than just because when you're a kid, I'm diverging, but when you're a kid, like you don't know what different jobs involve. Like you think I wanted to be a banker when I was 12 years old because I was good at math, but I didn't understand like what bankers did on the day to day. And then I went to a business school and I wanted to study marketing, but I didn't understand what marketers did in the day to day until you actually get into corporate world and start doing that. You're like, oh, this is the day to day and this is what I'm going to be doing for most of the time. Maybe you might like you might like it, you might not. I didn't. And so that's when I realized like I have to enjoy what I'm doing every day. So like before even getting into YouTube, like I got into Instagram first and then there were plenty of different ventures that I got into um, as part of just self-discovery and trying to find things that I enjoy doing before even trying to monetize anything. So I, I made two blogs, one fashion blog and one street style blog where I would spend hours on end uh, walking in the street trying to find people that I thought had an interesting style, like asking them if I could take their pictures, shoot street style photos of them in the street and then interview them for like, 20 minutes, um, transcribe the interview, try to get interesting quotes from the interview and post them on a blog with the pictures. That took like month of my life, right? Mm-hmm. But that was part of a self-discovery phase where I found out, oh, actually, I, I don't like this. I don't like the day-to-day. Like, I don't enjoy writing. So regardless of how successful this can be, like, if I don't enjoy it, like, forget it. So, and when I got into YouTube, like, yes, I had that early success, but that also didn't happen instantly. That happened three months in. And for those three months, I was making videos every week because I enjoyed making them. And I thought, okay, so I actually enjoy making these videos. So let's try to like, be successful at it. That way I can make a living and enjoy it, right? So to anyone that wants to start a YouTube channel, I would say like first try it, commit to like a couple months at least, and see if you actually enjoy the process of creating every day. Because you might think you want it. You might, because it's especially like, like today I feel like the most glamorous jobs are like entrepreneurs and like content creators or influencers however you want to call them like people think it's so good but like it's a lot of work so 
you better really love what you're doing and enjoy like grinding every day and like scripting and then shooting and then editing like there's like hours and hours like every video for me takes between 20 and 40 hours to edit so if i'm not enjoying those 40 hours like what am i doing with my life you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's what i would say i love that that's a that's a huge thing because yeah like what we see is the 10 minute video that you're putting out and not the 20 to 40 hours that actually go into that and like the months of learning how to make a video and take those thumbnails and figure out what to title it yeah absolutely so it's like like try it and then like just try stuff until you figure out like what you like and then hopefully if you're good at what you like then you try to make a living out of it right Mm -hmm. absolutely but even that is actually not possible all the time like um i'm a dancer i'm i'm good at dancing i've been doing it for a long time and i love it but when i started um, monetizing it when i started getting gigs and that sort of stuff it actually took the passion away from me so it's those three circles right like finding something you like something you're good at and something that makes you money like you got to kind of like if you can find a jackpot that makes you all three like you're golden right so yeah like youtube like for me i i was lucky enough that it's it's it hits that middle ground of all three but for some people it might just be something they really enjoy and that they're great at but they may never want to monetize because then it takes the passion away you know what i mean so it's it's different for everyone and you kind of got to figure out what works for you and what's what's right for you I love that. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense as we talk about it, right? But definitely something that might not have been fully thought through as you start off, but it's awesome. And I guess just to kind of close things out, how can we follow and support your work? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you can find me everywhere. Uh, my name is Tim DeSaint. So that's D-E-S-S-A-I-N-T. That's a French name if you're wondering. And yeah, my main platforms are YouTube, Instagram, and I just got on TikTok actually, so go follow me there. Oh, definitely, I check that out. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for doing this, and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, get on this podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the episode. If you liked it, consider giving us a rating on iTunes and subscribing or following the podcast. And if you found this valuable to your creative pursuits, share this episode with your friends because word of mouth always helps. Be sure to check out Tim and support him on YouTube and his other platforms, and we will see you in the next one.